God is going to cause you to change and he's going to cause you to take your promised land, but you got to quit looking for a get rich quick scheme. Come on, somebody. God is thinking peace of you and not evil. That when he thinks about your life, he's not mad at you. The strongest people are people that understand togetherness. All throughout your life, you're on this journey to go from me to we. Love God. Lift others. Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. You guys ready for the word today? All right, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to James chapter 5, 16. We've been in a series called Prayer Changes Everything, and we've been in a 21-day fast. So I believe you guys are fired up. And let me just give you some help if you've been fasting. Do not go crazy at lunchtime today. Amen. I know we've been dealing of this moment and you've been talking. Ooh, what are we going to have for lunch? But as somebody that has fasted many times and has made the mistake of all of a sudden blowing the fast off and going for a huge meal, you will pay the price for that tonight at about 1 a.m. And you'll get up. And it will not be pretty. Amen. So, so ease yourself off of that fast. That's why tonight we are doing something that is good, but a little bit on the lighter side. And you'll see when you come tonight, it's going to be it's going to be really good. But I want to encourage you. Don't go crazy at lunchtime. He's like, oh, I've been dreaming about that double cheeseburger with bacon. Maybe maybe tomorrow. We just kind of ease into it a little bit uh, or you're going to pay the price tonight. And we don't want to see that. Amen. Okay. All right. So James chapter 516 is where we will start today. It's where our text has been. It says this, confess and acknowledge. I'm going to read it to you in the Passion Translation. Confess and acknowledge how you have offended one another and then pray for one another to be instantly healed. For tremendous power is released through the passionate, heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Again, tremendous power is released through the passionate prayer, a heartfelt prayer of a godly believer. Let's pray. Father, I just pray right now, Lord God, that this verse would be, would explode in our lives, that we would begin to see this verse in our lives, that we would experience tremendous power through our passionate, heartfelt prayers. And Father, as we get into the word today, I pray that everybody's heart is open to take a journey and to grow in our prayer lives. We give you all the glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So let me give you a quick recap. We've been jumping off of this verse here. 
because we live in the in a time where I believe it is imperative that the prayers of the saints work. Amen. We are in a time where our prayers need to work, where we have to have tremendous power working through us because Satan hates our guts. The world, the culture is getting more hostile against Christianity, against believers. Uh, Satan's trying to rip apart your marriage. He's trying to steal your kids. He's trying to limit us. And so we've got to tap in to the covenant that we have with God that promises us that tremendous power will be released through us. But there's some conditions to this thing. The first thing we talked about is that your prayers have to be passionate. Come on, somebody. That's what it says there. And the root word of that word passion comes from the Latin word petai, which means to suffer, which means this. Sometimes it's going to hurt when you pray. Press through it. Some days you're going to get up to pray and not want to pray. Press through it because you're paying a price or I'll say it like this. You're praying a price. And that little bit of suffering causes your prayers to have tremendous power. Tremendous power is released through passionate prayers. Sometimes that word passion, prayers that sometimes hurt. Prayers that when you go to prayer, it's hard. How many have ever noticed sometimes you go to pray and it's hard? You don't feel God in the room. You feel like your words are just hitting the ceiling and falling down. And you just, you know, you start praying, oh, God. And then it's like, oh, Jesus, hallelujah. And you just sit there and you start yawning and your flesh is trying to shut down and go to sleep. And it's not fun. And you press and you and you get up and you go past that. That's passionate prayer. That's why sometimes when you pray, don't lay on your bed. Don't lay down. Don't even kneel down. Because pretty soon it's like, yes, God, I'm just going to lay before you like David. Or a lot of Christians got this thing called, I'm going to soak before God. I'm just going to soak. No, you're going to sleep. How many have ever done that? I'm going to raise my hand right there. It happens. That's why sometimes you got to get up and you got to walk. Go on a prayer walk around the block. Go through your neighborhood and just take a walk. Walk your bedroom floor and say, I'm going to pray today. Father, I will praise your name. I will seek you. And sometimes when I don't feel like it, I go, God, I will. I make myself praise you today. I make my flesh get in your presence today. I'm going to pray, flesh, and you're not going to stop me. Sometimes you got to get in there and do that or else you stay praying weak prayers. Weak prayers. I don't want weak prayers. I'm not praying to get a mark on my, it's like I'm clocking in with God. I'm not praying to get extra credit from God. Come on, somebody. Amen. You know, some people pray like that. Like, like, like God is logging. Oh, you, you spent a half hour today. All right. Good job. You got to realize this. God says this. I love you. And I will love you no matter what you do. And there's nothing you can do that can make me love you more. So if that's the case, why am I praying? You want to know why I'm praying? I'm praying to get results. I'm praying to get results. It's time we had some Christians that prayed to get results. Not just prayed because we got to. Come on. What are you praying that you need results for? 
Some of you will never get a house unless you start praying about it. You'll never get a spouse, hey, unless you start praying about it. But not weak prayers. You know, I used to pray for Pastor Tina. I used to drive out. There was this area in Florida that they started building homes and then the economy collapsed and they stopped building homes. So they had all these streets. I would go park my car out there and I would just turn some worship music on and I would walk on that street and just pray and I'd call her in. God, I thank you for my wife. God, you better hurry up. It's been a long time, Lord Jesus. But she's coming and I believe it. And I would talk to myself. You know why I would do that? I would do that in times of loneliness. Times when I was just like doubting. I'd say, no, I got to take a trip. I walk and say, thank you, Lord, that she's coming and she's fine. But not only is she fine, she's strong. I could cast, she'll cast out devils with me. She'll walk with me. She'll do hard things with me. She won't keep me from serving God. She won't be a whiner, a complainer. Hey, you don't believe me, but I, I prayed for those things. Because single people, you got to study marriages. And you got to look at some and you got to go, oh, I don't want that. But I'll take me some of that. I like how they get down. I like, you know, you, and I would take that into prayer. But I wasn't praying weak prayers. I was praying passionate prayers. And as I've said before, passionate means there should be some feeling behind it. I said it last week. When we watch football, we get passionate, right? How many got passionate last night? How many got passionate when he blocked that, that punt? But then you want to pray like this. Oh, God. You had to bring some of that passion to your prayer life. You had to bring some of that passion to that thing you're praying about, to that dream you got. I'm serious. You, 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 you say, ah, I don't know. But see, here's the problem. Football is more real to you than your God. My dreams were so real to me. It, it's not weird for me to come to the church, walk around and pray strong and talk strong and call things into existence and say there'll be miracles in this church and nobody's here. And if you walked in, you'd be like, what's going on in there? You know what's going on? Passionate prayers. Because I ain't got time to pray weak prayers. Weak prayers don't work. It doesn't say just the prayers. It says passionate prayers. And here's the second thing we said, heartfelt prayers. We also talked about what does it take to have passionate, heartfelt prayers? The only way to achieve passion is to develop strong feelings based on a strong belief. Which means this, you got to stay in God's word until it becomes real to you. Until it becomes real to you. See, for some of you, it ain't real yet. Psychology's real to you. Counseling is real to you. Money is real to you. Worldly success is real to you. But see, you got to get to the place where this Bible is real to you. And when you read it and you see what King David wrote down in the Psalms and you see what the, uh, the, the authors of the New Testament wrote and you see that all that could be yours and mine and you let that get real, things will change in the way you talk with God. But you got to spend time with it because because we're still we're too stuck on things that we see as real. But God, it's real, but it's simply mental assent. You got to move past that. And the Bible says it's got to be heartfelt. 
So it means the word of God's got to get in our heart. And you know it's in your heart when it changes the way you act. See, some of you act real good at church, but you talk like sailors still. Come on, somebody. Cussing at your wife, really? Really? You should be glad you found somebody and you cussing her out? You should be thanking God somebody wants to wake up every morning with you. And you cussing her out? Oh, well, Pastor, she made me mad. She made me, come on. See, when you understand and the word gets in your heart, you'll stop that. Cussing out your kids. Oh, well, Pastor, they dumb, they dumb. Where do you think they got that from? Cussing out your kids, your seed. Your seed, the kids that God gave you, that you prayed for that you carried in your belly for nine months. And you remember when you was carrying that baby, oh God, just let him be perfect. Just make sure that they're you know, healthy, Lord God. And now you're over here cussing them out, calling them jacked up nicknames. Hey, Tadav, yes, oh, come over here. No, I don't call your kid that. Oh, it's getting quiet in this Baptist church here. You want to know why that happens? Because the word of God has not gotten in your heart. You know where the word stays? in here. I met a lot of Christians that can quote scripture. They just don't live it. Come on. We got books in in our libraries at home that we've read. It's just not penetrated our heart yet. And what I'm the reason why I'm spending so much time on this truth in prayer is because prayer, the truth of prayer has got to get in your heart. You already know you should pray. It hasn't changed anything. You already know the scriptures on prayer. It hasn't changed anything. We've got to move that information into your heart so that you become somebody that prays. Not praise to get credit. Not praise because it's what I'm supposed to do. Not praise because I want to grow in God. But praise because I want to get results. Because I need some stuff moved out of the way so I can fulfill my destiny. Come on, somebody. Are you, are you tracking with me today? Because I need to pray because I got some crazy cousins that need Jesus. I need to pray because I've made some mistakes. And if God don't help me, my mistakes are going to take me out. Are you tracking with me? Ain't no room to be just praying. Oh, God, yes. Help me, Lord. No, you got to get in there and you better you better walk your floor. Amen. So we talked about this last week and we talked about that it's important to get the word of God in you. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We talked about Romans chapter 12, verse two, that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which we, we talks about building a foundation in which to build a strong prayer life. And that is God's word. Too many Christians don't know the Bible. They just go to church. They just hear preaching. You know what? When I got saved, every time I went to church, I took something to write with. And every time the preacher said something that hit my spirit, I wrote it down. And then when I would go to prayer during the week, I would say, God, this is what I got out of what you said through that man of God. And I would be able to think about it. I would be able to meditate on it. I would be able to digest it. But see, some of us just come to church to, 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 to put a check mark on a list somewhere. So that you could say, I did this, I did this, I did this. We got to quit that. God ain't keeping score like that. That's not how God keeps score. Matter of fact, he's not keeping score. He loves you. You won. You won. It ain't, we don't got to go to church so he likes us. 
We don't gotta pray so he'll like us. He loves you, you win. Now what we've gotta understand is he has something for us to do. He wants us to receive the promises, the blessings, and you should have a desire to live in the new life so that your kids grow up in a home full of blessing instead of cursing. So they can understand, wow, God has been good to my family. I'm going to serve him into the next generation. But guess what? Prayer is going to be a key. Prayer is going to be a key. You got you to get it out of your head that you could do it without him. Get it out of your head that you could do it without him. And start learning what God's word says so that you can build a foundation of prayer. You've got to understand that prayer is birthed out of knowledge of God's word. When you read God's word, it makes you want to pray. When you read God's word, the normal step is I read his word and then I just, wow. And I want to go to God. Let me give you an example. Matthew 7, 7 and 11. We talked about this. It says, ask and it will be, and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? When you read that, if that don't make you want to pray, you ain't alive. You definitely not saved. Because you know what that is? That is a promise. That is a promise from your heavenly father that says, when you need something, ask me. And keep asking me. Now, And, and if you want me, Seek me. If you want me, seek me. Not one week in church, not twice a month in church. If you want me, seek me. We talked about last week what that word asking me, that 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 act, the fact that he asks us to ask. If you read between the lines, it means this. God, I believe in you. When you ask God for things, it's because you believe he's your source. Asking God says this. I depend on you. In other words, if you don't make it happen. It ain't going to happen. Seeking him means this. You desire him. You're lying to yourself if you say, oh, I want God, but there's no seek. You're lying to yourself. Quit believing your lie. The worst lie is the lie you tell to yourself. Really, you really want God? Then there should be something we could point to that goes, I want God because I'm seeking him. Amen. We brought that in today's terms. Young man, if you want that girl, you better pursue her. Sitting around talking about, I I liked you since the seventh grade. Fool, do something. But we're like that with God. God, I want you. All the while, he's like, no, you don't. Because you don't come to my house. You don't pursue me. So when he says, seek me, he's basically wanting us to say, I desire you. You're important to me. And we said when it talks about knock, knocking means I'll pursue you. I'll pursue you. And when you do, he gives us uh, he gives us the promise. You'll find me. 
you'll find me. We spent time looking at that, and I want to kick this up a notch today as before I let you go to watch Tom Brady do what he needs to do today. Uh, the GOAT, amen. I'm not, a, I'm not a Brady fan, but I got to respect the GOAT, amen. So look at this. I want to talk to you about today. We want to get down to the nuts and bolts of building a prayer life. Building a prayer life. Now, let's just be 100% honest. Some of our prayer lives are very weak. Now, you don't need to, you don't need to pretend like it's not. You don't need to act like it's not. You also don't need to head your, hang your head in shame. I'm not telling you this so you can be ashamed. I'm telling you this so we could start at the base level. Tell your neighbor right now, you need to hear this. Now tell your other neighbor, I need to hear this. I don't care who you are. Even 30 years into the game, you know, I could look at my prayer life and say, God, I want to take it to another level. But there's some of us, you, you're a great, you have a great church life. You have a great giving life. You have a great serve life, but your prayer life is the last on the list. And we see, we got that, we got that upside down. We got that upside down. Prayer is where power comes into our lives. Where there's no prayer, there's no power. There's no power without prayer. There's no power to overcome sin. There's no power to overcome temptation. And so what begins to happen? We're good when we're at church, but when we get around temptation, there's no, there's no, no, there's no ability to withstand it. So we fall and we fall again and we fall again. Power comes from prayer. Amen. Amen. See, when you're praying, you don't, you don't get burned out serving God. It's a whole nother conversation right there. When you're in prayer, how many know you're a better person? Right? It's like them snicker bar commercials. Y'all ever seen them? You become another person when you hungry. You become another person when you ain't prayed. All mean to your husband, mean to your kids, terrible to work with. Nobody at work likes you. Take down that Jesus picture in there, man. Take that down. Giving him a bad name. It's your mean self. If that's you, you know what that means? Sometimes you need prayer. You need prayer. Amen. Tell your neighbor you need to pray. Oh, wow. Hallelujah. Some of y'all said that angrily. Just, just come to the marriage conference. Come to the marriage conference. Amen. A little aggression on that. Amen. So we're going to build a prayer life. So number one, we talked about last week. Write this down. You must learn God's word. You must. You must learn God's word. Pastor Tina has done an amazing job taking uh, members of the church through the Bible studies at 7 a.m. over the last two years now. Two years. It's very simple. It's on a Zoom call. If you're a member of the church, it's been uh, all you got to do is click on the link and you can be getting ready. You can be putting on your makeup, but you're listening to the word and you're partaking and you're doing all those things. I want to encourage you get on there because your prayer life could depend on it. Your prayer life could depend on it. We do the Thursday night Bible study now. Uh, well, we will start. We've been concentrating on prayer. We're going to be bringing that back on there so that you're learning the word. Every word. I don't just come up here and pull something out of thin air. Man, I'm trying to teach you the Bible so that if you can learn enough of the word, it gives you a springboard to experience God in prayer. 
So prayer must be built on a sincere faith in God. So we're talking about building a prayer life. You must learn God's word because it's, it's, it's what gives that prayer a starting point. All right, write this down. The word is the seed of prayer. You trying to experience the fruit of prayer without the seed. And this is why some of you, your prayer life, it's not good, it's garbage. Can I say it like that? That sounded weird. I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I mean, let's just, let's just be 100. Our prayers aren't working. We don't feel God when we pray. And so we don't pray. But I think it's because you're entering prayer without seed. That's like, that's like going in your backyard tomorrow and looking for corn and tomatoes and cucumber. You're going out there and you say, babe, I'm going to go out to the garden. And you go out there and there ain't no fruit. And you're just like, this garden sucks. You know what's going to happen? You ain't going back to that garden. But here's the problem you got it. You're, you're missing. There's no garden. There's no fruit of the garden because you haven't planted any seed. So we've got too many Christians trying to go to prayer without some seed in their heart. So we're just going, oh, God, help me today. Bless my business. Bless my kids. Help me to live for you. I worship you. I thank you. You'll be done in 30 seconds. And then you don't feel his presence. You don't feel that. But man, when you go to when you go to prayer with some seed in your heart. You take a blessing in there. Can I let you into my life for a little bit? Can I, just be, can I help you a little bit? Yesterday I was reading the Bible and I was reading in, I was reading in Ezekiel and I was reading in Ezekiel and a promise just jumped off at me. A promise, let, me let me just read it to you real quick. Let me, let me just give it. Y'all, y'all got time for this today. This is going to bless your life because this is how seed works, y'all. This is how the seed of the word works. So you get the seed in your heart and it births prayer. I was reading, I'm sorry, it was in Zechariah, verse 9 and 12. Zechariah 9 and 12. And I'm just reading the Bible and I'm just reading it and having my time with the Lord. And then I came across this verse that says this. Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners of hope. And I promise you this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. See, see some of you got it in the room. So I'm, I'm just reading that. Because how many know I've had, you've had some troubles, I've had some troubles. And a promise jumps out of the page and says this. See, you just thought a preacher made it up. Double for your trouble. That's in the Bible. That's a promise. And so I was just reading and I just I put my Bible down. I said, God, I thank you. I praise you for this. And I started weeping. You know, it started coming to my heart. What started coming to my mind was some of the things that I've gone through over the last two years. I just started weeping. I said, God, I thank you that each one of these troubles in my life, in my marriage, in my family, in my money is now seed for two blessings each. Prayer got good after that. I wasn't in there watching the, uh, yes, God, hallelujah. How many ever prayed like that? Yes. How much times went by? Okay. Yes, Lord. Amen. It, it wasn't like that after that verse. 
All of a sudden I was weeping. God came in the room, embraced me. I texted to my wife. I said, baby, this is our promise right here. And I had something to give out because how many of you know you're supposed to take things from prayer to other people? It ain't all for you. They get the overflow. That's why David said, my cup runneth over. What do you do with a cup that's running over? You don't just let it spill. You know what you do? Pour it in another cup and another cup. We get a party going on. Hey. I'm just, I'm, this is how it works. But you know how it works? You got to have that seed of the word. And some of you trying to pray with no seed. And you look like somebody going in the backyard talking about, I'm going to go get me some cucumbers, some tomatoes, and you've sowed no seed. And so every day you go to that garden of prayer and you ain't getting no fruit. Listen, read his word. Something in there will spark in you. And then, boom, go to praying. That, that's, that scripture sparked something in me. And I was just like, God, I just thank you. And you know what it did? It turned all my sorrows into blessing. It took the pain of what I was going through into expectation of double blessing. Are you seeing that? Changed my perspective in an instant. That's all it did in an instant. And that's what learning God's word will do. But here's the problem with some of us. And I'm going to help you today. Some of us read to simply learn. We read to simply learn. No, you got to change. Reading the Bible is not like taking your psychology class at college. Studying God's word is not like studying, you know, uh, uh, English literature. In those areas, you study to learn. In the Bible, you study to encounter. We'll get into that in a little bit. Look what it says, Hebrews eleven six. It says, without faith... Living within us, it would be impossible to please God for we come to God in faith, knowing that it is that he is real and that he rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. Look at John chapter 15, six and seven in the Passion Translation. If a person is separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask what you desire and it will be done. Faith comes from the word. And then John 15 says, if my words are in you, you can ask whatever you desire and it'll be done. But here's what I'm saying. You got to get his words in you. You got to quit being one of these churchgoers that hears messages, but don't ever remember them. Couples, I'll do something right now. Let's give the couples some homework, right? You ready for this? Uh, tonight about six o'clock, or we have, we have the thing tonight, so whenever. Later on today, say, hey, baby, what'd you get out of the word? What'd you get from the message today? Y'all ever ask your kids that when they come home from church? Parents, isn't it funny the answers you get? I do that to my kids all the time. Hey, what'd you get out of the service? Um, uh, God is real. 
That was when they were real little. Now they, they, they got it now. Come on, how many parents, you know what I'm talking about? Parents, ask your kids after they leave youth or after they leave kids' church, ask them what they got. Because it helps understand what you got. See, some churchgoers, you guys will forget this message by five o'clock tonight. You'll forget it. You know what that says? Hasn't gotten in your heart. And here's the problem. If it don't get in your heart, look what John 15 says. If it don't get in your heart, you can ask. He says, if it gets in your heart, then you can ask what you desire and it will be done. But if it doesn't get in your heart, that scripture don't work. It's the missing ingredient. Y'all ever tried to bake something and miss an ingredient? Oh, I know. I know some South Sacramento people that do that. Come on. You ain't got the right spice, but you just like, oh, I just put double salt. <laughs> it ain't the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Well, we ain't got that, but let me just throw some paprika in there. It ain't going to come out the same. And we try to do that with God in our spiritual lives. We try, to, we try to build a prayer life, but we forget the most important ingredient, which is God's word, okay? So we need to get that. We need to build our prayer life by learning God's word. Number two, second one is just as important, right? You got to believe God's word. Okay, you know it, but do you believe it? You know it, but do you believe it? Look what it says in John 14, 12 through 14. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with the Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I'll do it for you. But what is the prerequisite? The person who follows me in faith, believing in me in faith. Just because you know something doesn't mean you believe it. Guys, we've got to get the difference between believing and faith. Some of you have deceived yourself just because you believe the right thing, that you're in faith. Remember, the devil believes Jesus is Lord. He will not be saved because he, is not, he cannot experience faith in Jesus Christ. There are drug addicts out there, drug dealers out there right now that are selling people poison that believe that Jesus is Lord. Your favorite rapper who is getting on a track and literally giving instructions how to go to hell will then get a an award and say, I want to thank the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He believes that Jesus died on the cross, but he has no faith that Jesus died on the cross because the book of James says this, show me your works and I'll show you you have faith. Are you tracking with me today? There is a difference. Don't be so content knowing stuff because just because you know it doesn't mean you'll ever have it. 
You know what? You know what the defining thing is? If you have faith in what you know. And faith is an action. Come on, you've heard me tell this story all the time. I've told this time and time again, but it is the best illustration between the difference of faith and belief. If there was a man starving, he, he comes in these doors right here tonight at six o'clock and we're in here feasting. We're in here eating, celebrating you guys. And he's starving. He comes in and one of the ushers brings him to me and he goes, man, pastor, can we can we feed him, too? Because he's dying. And man, look at his skin and bones. If we don't get some food in him, he's going to die. And I say, amen, come on, bring him in here. And I bring him up and I stop the party tonight and I say, hey, hey, guys, wait a minute. This guy's coming in. And he's starving. And I say, sir, do you believe that if you eat this food with us, you are going to live? And this guy says, yes, pastor, I believe. And you all go nuts and we're all jamming around, dancing, praising God. Hallelujah. He believes if he eats, he's going to live. He's going to live. And while we're praising, while we're high fiving, the dude falls over and dies. Guess what? He dies believing the right thing. Faith would have been him coming over and grabbing the food off of the plate, putting it in his mouth. That would have saved him. That's the difference between belief and faith. That's the difference. And some of you believe Jesus is Lord, but you won't quit the lifestyle that you've been living. And so guess what? Your faith has no works. Come on, how many remember the R&B song, Love Should Have Brought You Home? Anybody remember that one? Woo, don't get me singing in here. Love should have brought you home. But it didn't, so you know what that means? Ain't no love. Ain't no love. Because there has to be action. Has to be action. Some of you have deceived yourself into thinking you going to heaven. You think you're in, hey. But you're still out there tipping and tapping. Still out there with a secret lover. Come on, secret lovers. Going to hell. Never hide. Come on now. Flip it on y'all. Flip it on you right there. Oh, Pastor, I like that song. You might like that song, but listen, faith in Jesus changes the way you act. Faith in Jesus changes who you hang out with. Because God says this, be holy as I am holy. You know what that word holy means? Be separated. Be separated. That's all it means. Be separated. Be holy as I am holy. So even though I grew up with you, even though we have the same last name, I don't go to your parties. Got real quiet in this South Sacramento church right there because, you know, family is sacred. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. Not if it's going to send me to hell. Not if it's going to introduce things into my life that separates me from God. Same last name or not, you stay over there. I love you, but I'm going to love you from a distance because I ain't going back to drugs. I ain't going back to that street life. But oh, y'all getting me on a tip today. I ain't going back. I ain't going back. Come on. 
karaoke in the house of God today. Let me, let me finish up here. So it's having faith in God's word is a second step. You got to have faith. You got to believe in God's word. You got to have faith in God's word. You got to first get a belief and then let that belief cause you to act. If you believe Jesus is Lord, you understand that his ways must be followed. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, he said, follow me. If you're not doing what he did, you're not following him. Let's look at Mark 11, 22, 24. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. That mountain represents obstacles. That's what it represents there. Put that up on the screen there. Mark 11, 22, 24. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whatever obstacles are in your way, mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. That means this, you and I should be speaking in faith to the obstacles that are in our life. Maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's a sinful lifestyle. Speak to that thing and tell it to move. Maybe it's poverty. Maybe it's hard-headedness. Come on, amen? Speak to it. But see, in order to speak to it, you got to have faith in God. Got to have faith in God. What I believe must cause in action or else the belief sits here and does nothing. And we've got so many Christians that believe the right thing but don't do anything with what they believe. Are you tracking with me? So the first step in building a prayer life is you got to get the seed of God's word in you. The second thing is you got to have faith in God's word, which means you got to take some action based on what you believe. Are you tracking with me today? Third thing I want you to catch here is this. If you're going to have a strong prayer life. Understand how much God loves you. I recently had an encounter with that. I don't think we can fully grasp the love of God. And this is why David used to say, when he would write his scriptures, he would say, Selah, which means in the Hebrew, pause, ponder, think about this. He would write a psalm, and at the end of it, it would say, Selah. Tell your neighbor, Selah. Not say la, just say la. Because there's some things you got to read in the book and you got to sit there and go, wait a minute. What does this mean? He loves me. What does this mean? Earlier this week, I was just reading the word. And again, I had that same thing kind of just jump out at me. The love of God. If I really grasp what that means, It means this, guys. He is for me. He's for me. Now, there are people that will turn their backs on us. There are people that will leave you, that will hurt you, that will take advantage of you, that will get angry with you, that will be disappointed in us. But with God, God doesn't do any of that. His love for me is so vast It's unconditional. It's unchanging. You got to think about 
what it means to be loved. It's an amazing thought when you just take time to ponder that. And I say this is the third ingredient in a life of prayer because some of you, you have to understand God is not mad at you. He's not against you. He is not fighting you. I know for much of your life, you and God were like this. But now that you're in the family, you shouldn't be fighting God. You should be walking with God. The same way a father takes the hand of his child and they walk down the street. He's with you. He loves you. He loves you. He wants better things for you than you want for yourself. See, you think you want a good life for your kids. What God wants for them is better. In fact, the old timers used to say, God is better to me than I could be to myself. You got to think about those things. And when you understand how much God loves you, it's easy, listen now, to go to his presence. It's easier to go to his house. It shouldn't be a struggle. You know, the reason why sometimes we don't want to come around God or we don't want to pray is because subconsciously some of us still think you and God aren't on the same side. And you want to know why? Because you need to get your mind renewed. You still identify as like you from the streets. You still identify as a sinner saved by grace. You're not. You're a son and daughter of God. Old things are passed away. Everything's new. The things you did, you don't do no more. When you could say that, you'll experience the love I'm talking about. It's love that drives you to Jesus. It's his love. When you understand how much he loves you, you want to take five minutes and just be in your car and say, God, I, I, I thank you, man. I thank you. I'm so, I'm so, I've let you down in so many areas of my life. I don't do everything right. I know you see the thoughts that come across my mind. I know you see sometimes what comes across my Instagram feed. I know you see sometimes what the history on is my computer. And Lord, you still love me? Too real for you this morning? See, when you just chew on that for a moment. See, because some of us, we're believing all the hype. You actually think you deserve that job. (laughs) You actually think you deserve the life that God has given you. You better quit pat. You're going to break your arm patting yourself on the back. You done forgot the dirt you did. You done forgot that God has blessed us all in spite of how much of the law we have broken. And I'm not talking about the law of California, state of California, amen. That too, but I'm talking about the word of God. But you need to know, guys, he loves you. The fourth thing I want to give you, and I'm going to let you go. Fourth thing, if you're going to build a strong prayer life is this. You must experience God's word. God's word is not to be memorized only. It's not to be learned only. You know what it's, it's, it's to be? It's to be experienced. 
It's to be experienced. See, we got to go from an intellectual knowledge of God. Catch this now, because that's where you start. When you don't know God, you come to church and I tell you about him. When you don't know God, you read the Bible and the word teaches you about him. But there's got to come a point where you move beyond that, because can I just tell you something? That is not enough. It's not enough. You got to move from a place. And I'm talking to some of y'all that was raised in church. Man, I got a heart for folks that were raised in church. So you have an advantage, but you don't know you have an advantage. You didn't do the dumb stuff that some of us did. You didn't, have, you didn't go through the pain that some of us did. And that is not a curse. It's a blessing. But the way that you get to understand it's a blessing is through experiencing God. And see, for a lot of us, a lot of us, we've been in church our whole life and we have learned about God. We know about God, but we have not experienced him. And so your faith remains shallow. I feel like the Holy Spirit is inviting you up to a higher dimension of experiencing his word. But here's the thing. You can't get to this level until you first do the other three things, which is learn God's word, have faith in God's word, which means do some action, take some action, understand the love of God for you. And this fourth thing is going to help you. You got to experience him. Now, the New Testament, the Old, and, the Old Testament talks about God to such a degree. It's very descriptive to where it gives 12 names of God throughout the Old Testament. And you know what that is? That's God trying to teach you who he is. I, I encourage you, study it out in the New Testament. But, you know, I learned about those in 12 names early on in my walk with God. And that was cool because it taught me about who he was. But the reason I've been able to serve God for over 30 years now is because I've experienced those names. I've experienced those names. One of the names of God in the Old Testament is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. It's found in Exodus 15, 26. It says there, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, keep all of his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians. And in the Hebrew, it says, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you. See, some of you know that but you haven't experienced it yet. And I feel the Holy Spirit inviting you to experience that. But here's the problem. Here's the thing we don't want to do, right? We don't want to put our trust in him because we don't know him. We don't know him. So you know what we want to do? We'll put our trust in the doctors, nothing against doctors. Go to the doctor. Amen. We'll put our trust in medicine. Take your meds, y'all. Take them. Take them. Ain't nothing against meds. Take them. Tell your neighbor, take his meds. Take, just tell him. Somebody needs to hear. Please, please take your meds. But put your trust in God. 
I go to the doctor, but you know where my faith is at? Not in the doctor. When I go to the doctor, I say, God, anoint this doctor's hands. Heal through this doctor. I take medication, but when I'm taking that medicine, Lord, let this work. Use this medication to level me out. Come on, somebody. I know. I say, I'll pull it back right there. Pull it back right there. Okay. There's a difference. Some of y'all won't pray. Just, uh, give me the pill. Uh, give me some vitamins. Uh, give me this thing. Listen, whatever you're using, put it in God's hand. But see, you know what it is? You don't want to experience Jehovah Rapha. You don't want to experience it. I experienced Jehovah Rapha. You know when I experienced Jehovah Rapha? When I got saved and my heart was broken. My heart was broken. Y'all know my testimony. I was with a young lady. I thought, I'm going to marry this girl. God said, no, I got something better for you. And she's not ready. I, 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 you know what it was? God said, be holy as I am holy. I broke up in that relationship. My heart, my 19-year-old heart was broken. And then my heart was broken because of an abortion that happened. Y'all know the story. And I'll never forget, a year after that, I was serving God. I was going off to Bible college, but my heart was still broken. God says, I want that heart. Every night when I would go to sleep, I would pray for that, for, for people that I had hurt because I was still carrying the shame, the scar. God says, you got to give me that. I said, God, I want to give you that. He said, put your trust in me. And you know what he said? He said, from this night forward, I don't want you anymore to pray for healing in that area because I got you. I'll never forget that night. Because you know why? Jehovah, Jireh, Jehovah Rapha came in my room and he healed my heart. Some of y'all still carrying scars from your ex. I invite you to experience Jehovah Rapha. But you know what I had to do to experience Jehovah Rapha? This is the part where we miss it. I had to obey. I had to obey. God says, give me that and I'll heal you. So I gave it to him. Jehovah Rapha came in the room. There's another uh, a name for God in the Old Testament, Jehovah Shalom. Judges 6, 23, 24 says, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace or in the Hebrew, Jehovah Shalom. See, in that moment, Gideon experienced God as peace. God has been waiting to introduce some of you at peace, but you just want to worry. You just want to complain. You just want to murmur. And when your husband tells you, stop it, you get mad at him. Ooh, got real quiet in this place. You just want to get all, you just, you just like drama. and You're just always in drama, 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 drama. And when somebody comes and says, have peace, you get mad at them. Oh, you don't understand. Easy for you to say. I get it. I get it. I've had those experiences before. We were going through this building. I'll meet with my friends and they would be like, hey, man, don't even worry. God's going to get you all through this. I wanted to punch some of my friends sometimes. I don't know why we have that response to truth sometimes, don't we? Because you know what I wanted? I wanted sympathy more than I wanted truth. 
I've said it before. Sympathy is not always a good thing. Sympathy will keep you from truth. You want someone to just come and stroke you. It's going to be okay. You're all right. I understand. It is bad. But sometimes, you know what you need more than anything? You need peace. You need peace. God's inviting you to experience Jehovah Shalom because you're too stressed. You're too worried. There's no peace in your life. And you know he's peace, but have you experienced in this peace? See, there's an invitation here throughout the scriptures, which is experience me. The Bible is simply the starting place to learn. But what we've done is we've made learning the goal. And learning's not the goal. Experiencing's the goal. Are you tracking with me today? See, because a learner will come in and go, oh, I've heard this before. And they'll miss what God is saying because they're stuck on what he said. There's a difference. So the fourth thing you got to understand in building a strong prayer life, you can help me in the back with some music, is you got to experience God at his word. I remember when I learned Jehovah Jireh. Some of y'all know the song, Jehovah Jireh, he's my provider. Genesis twenty-two fourteen. 14. But have you met him as that yet? I have. A little bit softer. I have. You know, when I met him as Jehovah Jireh, I was working in McDonald's down Stockton Boulevard when it was down there. I got saved. I started giving my tithe. Started giving my tithe. Ever since then, I started giving to the Lord. And every time I would give, in the beginning, there was this temptation like, dang, why I got to give this? Why am I giving this? But see, I understood that it was an invitation God was giving me. He didn't want my money. You know what he wanted to do? He wanted to demonstrate that he was Jehovah Jireh to me. And so it's just, just give me that 10%. Watch what I do. See, it's an invitation. It was an invitation. When you're sick and you ask for prayer, you know what you're doing? It's an invitation to experience God as the healer, Jehovah Rapha. When you're stressed out, you got to make a decision right there. When you're anxious and you're dealing with anxiety and all this drama and complaining, you got to shut it off and go, wait a minute, Jesus, I need to meet Jehovah. I need to meet Jehovah Shalom. Come into my life. Let me meet you, Jehovah Shalom. Come in. Experience him. See, we make the mistake in seeking the things that God has, but missing the point that it's not about what God has, it's about what God is. See, you're praying for a healing. You're missing it. If you just pray for God, you get healing. It's like, oh God, heal me. See, all you want is a touch from him. You miss that if you get him, you get healing. If you get him, you get peace. If you get him, you get provision for your business, for your family, for your life. This is why I say these four things are imperative to build a strong prayer life. Because then prayer begins to be not the seeking after of blessings, but the seeking after of him. Because if he comes into your house and your room, you get healed. When you experience him, 
Provision just starts coming in. Jehovah Jireh, look at my business. Look what's happening. Oh my God, because you got him. That's how you build a prayer life. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store and you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.